Welcome to the Racisms Podcast. We're your hosts, Jazlyn and Lisa. We decided that this world could use more cross-cultural conversations that seek healing over division, understanding over ignorance, and a better world overall. Welcome back to the Racism Podcast, where we have cross-cultural conversations to make this world a better place. I'm Lisa, co-host of the podcast with Jaslyn. Hey, everyone. And today we're going to talk about Asian and Asian American representation in media. And I'm going to be honest, until Jaslyn and I started discussing Black representation in Hollywood, which will be a future episode, I didn't really see a problem with the lack of Asian and Asian American representation in media. And I didn't really see the problems with the ways that we were being represented. And then I did a little research and I came across this master thesis by a woman named Isabel Painter. And she discusses the many ways in which Asian American portrayal on film is problematic, like whitewashing, yellow face, which is casting white actors and actresses to play people of Asian descent and putting makeup on them to accentuate their eyes. And also women who are portrayed as China dolls, dragon ladies, submissive, and the portrayal portrayal of Asian men as effeminate, foreign, or oriental, and the object of racist humor. Um, And so Isabel has many examples of these starting back in the 1930s. And it was really eye-opening read for me um, and really put Asian representation into a historical perspective. So I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, It's not very long. So if you want to know more, she did a great job on that. Um, So while we could discuss all of these topics today, I wanted to focus on just one of the problems, which is humorous stereotypes. And we're going to talk today first about Jackie Chan's role in the movie Rush Hour 1. And then a recent viral character named Uncle Roger, portrayed by Nigel Ng on YouTube. And Nigel Ng shares the same last name as me, very interestingly. Mm-hmm. Yes, this should be an interesting conversation. We've uh, we've discussed... <laughs> Uh, we've been discussing this uh, a few times, so let's see let's see how this turns out. Yeah. So first, let's talk about Rush Hour 1. Uh, it came out in 1998, and this was Jackie Chan's big debut in the U.S. movie industry. Um, it was funny. I thought the chemistry between Jackie, Jan- Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker was perfect. I thought they used... But then... But I think they used humor to perpetuate stereotypes about Asians and Asian immigrants to the U.S. particularly. So the the scene starts off with Jackie Chan. Or one of the scenes, you see Jackie Chan walking off the plane with Asian-inspired music in the background. And Chris Tucker approaches and asks, please tell me you speak English. And then he says the line from the movie that I have repeated myself. And he says, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And later in the movie, 
Jackie uses this line on Chris. So it's all good, right? Funny? But Jasmine, do you remember this movie? And have you ever said that line? Do I remember this movie? Um, yes. In fact, this movie, well, Rush Hour and Rush Hour 2, I would say were one of my favorite movies growing up. So uh, this movie I thought was really funny. Like you said, I thought the chemistry was great. Um, I remember that line and, you know, I, well, do I still use it? Probably. But it's it's more of a line I use amongst friends. Like if if someone didn't understand what I said, I would say that line. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a funny movie. And that scene, you know, thinking back on it, I think it reflects more poorly on Chris Tucker's character rather than on Jackie Chan. I think we've discussed in the past how Americans can be this obnoxious person, especially when they're traveling overseas. And we discuss how we don't want to be associated with that stereotype of, you know, Americans like expecting people to speak English and, you know, getting frustrated when people don't. So I think in this case, it's like Carter being the obnoxious American. We're greeting a foreigner of a culture he's, you know, not familiar with and maybe may have stereotypes about. So I thought this scene like Lee played it cool and smart and, you know, he was staying quiet until he got a better feel of Carter. So I think it's interesting that you're ashamed of that signature phrase. Like you you wouldn't say it now. Is that what you mean? Oh, no, I'm, I'm asking if you've done it in the past. I, I mean, I admit it. I used it in the past. It was hilarious. You know, I would definitely use it with my friends if they didn't understand me. I wouldn't use it with a far, I wouldn't use it with someone new to the United States. You know, oh, I would yeah, only no. use it with my friends. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, like you said, you know, when this movie was made, almost like what over 22 years ago mm-hmm. like I didn't think twice about it but everything you just said was really really true um so you know well done analyzing that scene yeah yeah I still think it's funny I'm sorry <laughs> it's so I mean it's okay it, it kind of sets okay. up because like the movie sets up it starts with Carter like you see Carter first and he's he's this loud person. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he has this personality where he's kind of a wisecrack, you know, personality. Mm-hmm. So you you get a feeling of his character um, going into it. So it's not like it's it doesn't seem out of character for Carter to approach this person where he's number one, he's frustrated that, mm-hmm. you know, this big FBI job is really what he sees as a babysitting job. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's an interesting scene. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not out of character for him. He was already mad that this is his job for this very important case, uh, and then he doesn't know anything about you know this uh, this Inspector Lee. You know, like who is this guy? Right. Will he add anything to this case? Um, so no, yeah, I think the scene was it was in character because yeah, he was definitely like loudmouth and impulsive which is kind of what got him into trouble I think in the first place so no it was good and then it sets up you know Jackie Chan uh surprising him with his English yes you know and uh he's like oh so you do speak English (laughs) yeah no it was it wasn't um it was interesting not as offensive I think as some other Mm -hmm. portrayers that I will talk about later um but you know, you you just said something about how this portrayal of 
Americans can be, which is, you know, not being sensitive to people who don't speak English. And so this happened to my parents a lot. Uh, my parents are uh, immigrants. Um, and people would speak slower and louder at them. And I, was, I would be standing next to them. And, you know, maybe I would have spoken loudly back to the person as well, you know, because they're, we're not deaf. Right, yeah. <laughs> My parents just don't speak English. Yeah, it's like, why um, would you think added volume would, would help? <laughs> right. The, I mean, the s- slowing down the speed and pronunciating perhaps helps, but the loudness, I mean, it's an ongoing joke that people would do that with us and especially my parents like a joke or like people no, would do it and real. then you would oh. you would laugh it off we would laugh it we would laugh amongst our own family and our and alongside our asian or non us born friends like it was an inside joke like mm-hmm. oh yeah everyone says it to us they talk loudly to us so another thing, so we'll go back, we'll go back to the humor because um, the humor is definitely, I think it was well done in this movie, but it was also something they capitalized on, you know? And I think Chris Tucker, that he's a, was he a comedian? Yes. Or only an actor? So he was a comedian. Yeah. So, you know, they played to his strength. So I, I'm going to put the humor aside for now. Um, but I wanted to talk about this, the martial arts aspect of this movie. And, you know, while martial arts has always been, I think, in uh, U.S. Hollywood media, like Bruce Lee made a lot of movies with martial arts, like I feel like this one was maybe the most choreographed, would you say? Did you feel like, whoa, Bruce Lee? like how did you react to the martial arts? In Russia Hour 1. I thought they were cool. I mean, I don't know much about martial arts. And I don't... Um, or I haven't watched a lot of uh, movies with martial arts in them. So I I really liked the style because um, it's like he combined the the humor with the martial arts. You know, it wasn't like, you know, serious fighting and people are, you know... Their necks are getting broken and everything. It's like, mm, it kind of mm. combines his, he, I think he portrays like, he doesn't want to necessarily hurt people. He wants to kind of mm-hmm. disarm them and get to, to where he wants to do. So he's kind of like avoiding getting hurt, avoiding seriously hurting people, but still using his martial arts in that way. If, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I definitely remember being highly entertained by the fighting scenes. And also there was a lot of humor in it. And I really, I think he did specifically, I think there was a line specifically in the movie where he's just like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. Um, so he was definitely right, not yeah. the, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think Jackie Chan, he was a skilled martial artist. Um, he had charisma on screen that definitely a- attracted U.S. audiences. Um and it's just really interesting because in the, yeah, again, I'm not also not a martial art expert, but I have read some things where people say, uh, you know, Jackie Chan's not like the most skilled martial artist slash actor 
you know, that exists mm-hmm. in Asia. Um, but he just happened to be the one that had the most like charisma and he was funny. And so like, I just want to kind of talk about, do you think, so I'm going to compare him with Jet Li. Do you remember Jet Li? Yes. Yeah. So he's actually my favorite martial arts actor in the 90s. I had a poster of him on my wall. Mm-hmm. And he debuted in Lethal Weapon 4 playing the bad guy. Do you remember? Have you seen that or Romeo and Juliet? No. Oh, not Romeo Must Die. Sorry, Romeo Must Die. No. I don't. I think I saw the one. Was that with mm-hmm. Jet Li? Oh, it's the like one. He was, I don't there remember was, that. It was like several, like it was like an alternate universe where there were several of these guys, and I think mm. it came down. To, I don't know. It was like he had to fight himself or something. Do you remember? I that? think. I think. I think. I didn't see it, but I remember it. And if you compare Jet Li with Jackie Chan, like what would you say? Do you remember anything distinct about their differences? I think they're like two types of martial arts characters. So you describe Jackie Chan as like a like a funny the funny martial arts character mm-hmm. right but jet lee yeah. was way more serious mm-hmm. so it's kind of a, a he, yeah he didn't even speak very much in lethal weapon 4 right so it's like <laughs> either you're either you're a funny guy or you're a super serious guy mm-hmm. it doesn't seem mm-hmm. to be much in between yeah yeah agreed and in in and in romeo almost died jet lee was also pretty serious as well um even though he and uh, leah fell in love i didn't believe the love story (laughs) (laughs) he didn't show much emotion there um so jackie chan he goes on to make the spy next door which is also a funny movie shanghai noon where he is described as a clumsy imperial guard and the tuxedo where he is described as a hapless chauffeur so, sure, he's had some serious roles, which honestly I cannot think of particularly. Um, but he's kind of, in my view, been pigeonholed into this funny guy who's good at martial arts. Um, yeah. Do you agree or disagree with that? Well, he, he recently did a movie I watched on Netflix. It's called The Foreigner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based in the UK. And it's like he he plays a guy where his daughter is killed in a terrorist attack so he's trying to find out who did it and and exact revenge and so it's not funny at all <laughs> he's very serious yeah. and i was like wow jackie chan has some some acting chops here he's he's very okay. serious so okay. yeah he's at least that I, I don't know his whole career but he's that's the more recent one that mm. i can think of okay well, uh, I'll have to check it out. 20 years later, they've finally given him a serious role. Yeah. Uh, so, that, I mean, that's good, right? Yeah, and it's like he doesn't use a lot of martial arts. Maybe, mm. yeah, because maybe he's older. I don't know. But he does He does the little maneuvers, the Jackie Chan style maneuvers, mm-hmm. but not yeah. a lot of like full-on martial arts fighting. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Check it out on Netflix, everybody. So what do you think about these kinds of stereotypes and like, you know, are we making light of 
you know, foreigners coming to the U.S.? Do you think Jackie Chan took these roles because there was a lot of money in it and we're just, we can get excuse it because it's comedy? Like, what do you, what do you think so far about this humor stereotype? So for this movie, I think you have to kind of play on the different cultures because this movie stars a black mm-hmm. man and a and an Asian man. Mm-hmm. And I don't I can't think of many movies that has it like that. I mean, there are a lot of buddy cops movies where sure. you oh, know, it's yeah. a black guy and a white guy or mm. maybe oh, two ladies or I've never seen that combination. So I think that um attracted a lot of people, especially the black audience um to this movie um and so when you have those two cultures it's it's kind of like you have to you know you have to I mean it's obvious the differences but you kind of have to play on that for humor I think I don't know a lot of Mm -hmm. comedy that doesn't play somewhat on stereotypes especially when you have you know multiracial Mm. um front people or main actors Mm mm-hmm um but um yeah and this and this movie does have a lot of stereotypes um uh for asian as well as black black people um with chris tucker and it's funny because i mean chris tucker is basically the only black person in this movie but i would i would consider it Mm. like like not a staple but a lot of black people have seen this movie so it's kind of like a black movie. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting, you know, how the friendship develops and they you know they teach each other, you know, from their cultures. So I mean, I can see how a lot some of the things are problematic, and uh, hopefully, it's probably not the case, but hopefully people don't, you know, take this the stereotypes to heart and say, oh, you know, Asians say don't speak good English, look at Jackie, you know, stuff like that. You Mm, shouldn't, mm -hmm. I don't think you should take anything you see in a movie and apply it to real life ever Mm, (laughs) and generalize mm -hmm. it without getting to know people. So Mm. I would hope that's the case for all, well, whenever you watch a movie. But I will say, like, I read about Jackie Chan's feeling about doing this this series Mm -hmm. because they did do Mm -hmm. three of these movies. And I was kind of bummed that he said he'd, didn't like doing the movies he said Mm -hmm. he didn't really get the humor he didn't he didn't really understand the humor and he preferred Mm. doing his movies in hong kong so it was kind of a bummer for me because it seemed like they were having a lot of fun on set and for the movie but it seems like he's you know he wasn't really into it so maybe Mm. he probably did do it just for the money i'm interested to hear about you know the other movies you, you mentioned if he if he liked doing those or those are just for a paycheck because yeah in an interview he said he does these movies so he could fund the movies he wants to do back in Hong Kong. Hmm. Uh, I mean, U.S. dollar is good dollar to make. <laughs> you know, it translates to a lot of money in Hong Kong. Mm. Hong Kong and yeah, movies. and like you said, um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but kung fu movies have been in the u.s for a long time um i was mm-hmm. reading up on it and they became popular in the 70s because mm-hmm. a lot of theaters wanted to you know make money get people in the seats but they didn't want to pay a lot for for movies to play so they would buy these packages of movies from hong kong that were cheaper which featured a lot of kung fu mm-hmm. 
import it and yeah. play it in the theaters. So it was like a cheap form of entertainment for the theaters to play. People got into it, particularly in the black community. They they really got into it because you mm-hmm. have a non-white hero mm-hmm. in these movies that, that are usually like fighting against some sort of oppression or um, mm-hmm. fighting for justice. So they got into it and it's Kung Fu has really influenced like the development of hip hop. So you will see a lot of influences of Kung Fu and like you said, Bruce Lee in mm. in hip hop. So it's kind of a kind of intertwined there. Yeah, the Wound Take Clan and and things like that. So So influence in in terms of like dancing or in terms of like philosophy? Yeah. Dancing, philosophy. There's um mm. the, the the concept of the student going to the master uh, learning and becoming oh. a master themselves. So in hip hop, you have uh, people going to the OGs or the the people that have been in it a, a long time, and and it's kind of an apprenticeship kind of thing, and growing up and becoming a master themselves. So you have that kind of the culture, the discipline aspect of it, the um, the respect or the dignity aspect of it. Like you can you can um, you can become disciplined and you know make something of yourselves, basically. So, yeah, and then you mm. see it in breakdancing, mm. like some of the moves in breakdancing kind of were influenced by martial arts moves. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an mm. intertwining there. That's, that's a really cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned um, the buddy film, the buddy cop film. And like, yeah, I totally f- yeah. remember that this was the first non-two-white Maybe not the, yeah, first, definitely first Asian, Asian person in a buddy cop movie with a non-Asian person. So maybe that's why it was so right. groundbreaking, groundbreaking, maybe. Do you think it brought maybe. the two communities together? Because you said, like, you said black people thought, saw this as a black movie because Chris Tucker was def, was the, one of the main characters. And then, you know, Asians were like, ooh, you know, uh, because there was not a lot of Asians in in U.S. made Hollywood movies, so they were like, "Ooh, Asian movie." Do you think that, like it brought us together, maybe a little bit? I mean, I don't know about the Asian community, but like I said, you know, kung fu movies. Black people have been watching that for a while, so I don't know how much bringing together there was. But I mm-hmm. could definitely say that seeing Rush Hour Two in a theater in Chicago was the best movie experience I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing at the screen. We we're talking back. It was a room full of black people. It was great. Um, so, I mean, what do you think? Did did you know, like people in your community feel you know any any coming together? Um, I don't think we saw it as like a coming together. I think we were really really proud that there was um, an Asian person on screen that represented a lot of that immigrant experience. Um, but you know, it does warm my heart to hear you say that you enjoyed it with your community as much as I enjoyed it with my community. Mm. I think that's, that's really lovely, you know, for a better world, right? That to me, that sounds like a better world where we can enjoy these cross-cultural movies together. It sounds like the Asian community enjoyed it because of Jackie Chan, but it doesn't seem like they saw Chris Tucker as a as a something to 
cling to or some you know someone that they enjoy like did you enjoy chris tucker as much as jackie chan like how did you feel about chris tucker's character yeah i mean you know i enjoy comedy so i think i enjoyed chris tucker's humor you know i don't think i don't think that chris tucker's character changed my view or my preconceptions of the black community they may have reinforced the stereotypes um that you know there that you know chris tucker was outspoken he valued things you know he had a nice car he rejected authority you know didn't listen to his uh captain you know to do the to to follow the book so you know i asked the question of bringing communities together and while you know i feel a connection to your story of enjoying the movie theater in chicago and everyone was laughing and everyone was really enjoying it together it was the best experience of your life like while i feel connected to you more because of that story. I don't think at the time in 98 when this film was released that the Asian community was like felt like, oh yeah, I know I know about the black community better now. I don't think they I don't think they said that at all. So so the stereotypes that you just mentioned about Chris Tucker's character, would you consider those like negative stereotypes? I mean, are there are there good stereotypes? Are there bad stereotypes? I mean, there's definitely bad stereotypes, but are there good stereotypes? I think that it's... I mean... I think they reinforced yeah, the, yeah. stereotypes. Okay. Unfortunately, they reinforced. There are some stereotypes that that I don't think would bring, like, necessarily harm to you. For example, a stereotype that Asians are good at math. How would that bring you into a place of harm if someone thought you were good at math you know what I mean but someone who yeah and you, know, who you assume is outspoken and rejects authority might bring harm like I have to apply extra force to this person because they're going to automatically reject authority so I have to use extra force on this person yeah like and so I think that what I've learned pretty recently about you know quote-unquote positive stereotypes like Asians are good at math is that for for Asians who are not good at math you know, they feel, they could feel like they're lesser than, they could feel like something's wrong with them. Um, they could feel, they could have his self-esteem issues or could, they could just, you know, really resent the fact that everyone assumes this about them, but they're like, you know, instead they're really good at art or they're really good at dance um, or something else. Um, and of course that is not a dangerous thing. Like we're, the, stere- the quote-unquote negative stereotypes of Asians are not going to get us killed by police, um, which is why I think I never thought of them as negative because they weren't dangerous. Like, I wasn't, no one's life is threatened by that, whereas, it, whereas the, the example you just gave is a, is a very dangerous example. And, you know, that definitely saddens and angers me that that, that has to be the case. So do you think, since you think that maybe his character reinforced some stereotypes and those stereotypes 
are possibly negative? Do you think, you know, a lot of Asians felt the same way and then possibly they kind of were put off by Chris Tucker's character and thus didn't really feel it coming together between communities? Uh, I think that kind of like what, um, what Kyle said offline, which related back to our first episode, um, was how, you know, many immigrant groups, especially I think the uh, East Asian immigrant group, wants to assimilate to the United States. And when they do, they're going toward like white culture, um, which is inherently an anti-black one. And so I think, and I'm putting, I'm definitely putting words into, and I'm definitely generalizing here, is that Chris Tucker's character reinforced what they thought they knew about uh, about his character. Um, And I don't know if it like was like, oh, and now I understand or that, oh, now I want to be a, but you know, now I feel like I need to find my own buddy, just like, you know, Jackie Chan found his buddy in Chris Tucker. Yeah, I don't think it connected us. I mean, I don't, I hope it didn't divide even further, but I think it just, it kind of, you know, kind of said, you know, maybe there was no reason to kind of reach across. Like there was nothing, Mm. like those two had a mission, I guess, and that brought them together. But if there hadn't been that mission, would they have become friends? And I don't think we, I don't think our communities interact enough to have that common mission to to increase that interaction. Yeah, so I feel like, like you said, this movie definitely has a lot of stereotypes and it sounds like on both sides, the Asian side and, mm-hmm. and black side, it's not necessarily helpful for the two communities to come together in any meaningful way. It's more of a, mm-hmm. a singular incident of two people on a mission. So unfortunately, this movie doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't do it. Yeah, and that's, that's okay. You know, that, I don't think they, were, they set out to do anything like that. They just wanted to make a funny movie that made a lot of money. And it was funny. Did you have you watched it recently? I didn't because I can't find it anywhere streaming. No, but I have the DVD. So. Oh, okay. Well, if you, if I get the chance to watch it again, I will and see if I feel differently than I did in '98. Brings me to uh, the current 2020 and this character called Uncle Roger. So my sister first sent me his reaction video to egg fried rice. Uh, It's uh, someone on the BBC Food Network making egg fried rice and Uncle Roger 
and tears it apart in a humorous manner. And then not a few days later, Jazlyn texted me the same video. And I was like, wow, this guy is blowing up. Like I had never heard of him before. And so I watched the video and my initial reaction was, this is terrible. <laughs> He's funny, but why does he have to do this very strong accent? An accent, of course, is relative since I live in the United States. So my, you know, my, my relativeness of an accent is someone who doesn't speak English in a way that you can tell they're, they weren't born or they weren't raised in the United States. So I use the F term accent in a relative way. But you know, I wrote in this blog post, which I'll le- leave in the show notes, is like I could tell that this accent was fake because it was just like too, too much. And I was, and I kept questioning, like, why does he need the accent? Like his comments about this video, this BBC video, Making Five Rice are spot on. They're not inaccurate. You know, you don't need a colander to strain rice um, in water. Um, You don't need a measuring cup (laughs) to make rice. You can just use your finger. So he was spot on in all of his observations. But why, why this exaggerated accent? For a little background, Nigel Ng, he is Malaysian. Um, so, and he does stand-up comedy. For, he has done stand-up comedy for many years. And he does have an accent compared to, let's say, myself, who grew up in the United States. Um, and his accent's not like a British one. It's just a non... Oh, excuse me. It's just a non-English speaker speaking English. But he like plays it up dramatically in his Uncle Roger character. And... Maybe in 2019, I would have found him funny, but in 2020 and reading this um, thesis on um, Asian American representation and media, like I don't like this character at all. I watched, I tried to watch that one. I tried to watch he and like that BBC chef got together and did a video. I couldn't get through it. Jaslyn, you texted me, I think a Japanese chef reacting to Uncle Roger, reacting to the BBC one, and I couldn't watch that one either. So Jaslyn, let me ask you, what about Uncle Roger is funny? First of all, Uncle Roger is a character. Yes. He's a made-up character based on the comedian's experience, his culture. Um, he has certain catchphrases, certain mannerisms that play into the character, right? Yes. And he reacts to things in a certain way that, you know, that the character would do. So as a character, I think Uncle Roger is funny. He's uh, making fun of people that are trying to do something that his culture does and they're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's he's not shy about <laughs> He's not shy about telling you exactly what you're doing wrong. Right. So I think that's funny uh, about Uncle Roger. Just the fact that, first of all, I've never seen a character like this. So it's to me, it's original. I don't know if you if you know of other characters like this. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I just think he's a funny character. Okay, so I agree with you. His comments are funny. Did you know that this was a character the first time you saw it? 
Did I know it was a character? I knew I knew it was supposed to be funny. I do remember going back and watching one of his the comedian's older videos of his stand up and his speaking voice or his accent is different. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess uh He's 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 affecting a, a different accent for this character, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I I think I knew it was a character. I don't know. I think I was a little confused. I didn't know if he was really fifty years old. He's <laughs> obviously not fifty years old. <laughs> um, but yeah, after, you know, after I got into the he's a character, I was like, oh, okay, okay. I think when I found out it was yeah, it was a character, and like he has older videos. I was a little curious about you know what brought this character along Mm. but you know i I relaxed and i was like okay he's still funny Mm -hmm. yeah and and for you listeners i'm not trying to like catch jaslyn like in a in a in a trap here you know i'm not trying to no we've talked about this several times (laughs) i'm not trying like aha i knew it (laughs) so let me let me tell you this is is the accent the 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 only or the most egregious part of this character? Or are there other things that bother you about Uncle Roger? Yeah, I think it's the accent. Okay, so do you remember this? Ca- okay, I don't know. Okay, I got, I got to look it up. I don't know if it was a character. But do you remember a cooking show on PBS called Yan Ken Cook? No. Okay, so this one, I love this show when I was growing up. Okay, he was a Asian. Uh, I guess he was an immigrant. I need to look it up. I actually don't know. But he was on PBS. He did a cooking show. And his, his catchphrase was, if Yan can cook, you can cook too. And he had awesome chopping skills is what I remember. And he, you know, made stir fries. He made a lot of Asian food or Chinese food on camera. And Uncle Roger's accent, the way, the mannerisms, you know, the way that everything just sounds so precise. It sounds just like Yan can cook. So I don't know if Yan can cook was a character or not. But they sound exactly alike. It is astonishing when I first heard Uncle Roger. Now, if you if you found out that Yankin Cook was affecting an accent, how would you feel? I would feel betrayed. You know, I all to me, I mean I was a child, to me, Yankin Cook was a genuinely, you know, Chinese immigrant doing a show about Chinese food. I mean, it was awesome. You know, I felt very proud that he was representing our culture correctly and doing it in a entertaining way. You know, his chopping skills, like that was, that's what he was known for. It was really, it was, he was doing it really fast. It was kind of an awe to, to watch it. And, you know, and his catchphrase, if Yan can cook, you can cook too. You know, that was really inviting. But yeah, if I found out, he, if I found out that was a character, I would feel betrayed. My childhood would be ruined. <laughs> so do you think it's, do you think any... Asian person affecting a stereotypical Asian accent is automatically not funny. Yes. <laughs> so, no, okay. okay. Wait, 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 wait. So I recently saw this clip. No, hold on. Let me just say, you know, the reason is because would Uncle Roger be as funny if he used his natural voice, his natural accent? Would it be as funny? But would Uncle Roger... You mean Uncle Roger with the whole, his outfit, his mannerisms, but yeah. no If Uncle Nigel Roger. Ng came on and did the same same reaction video, would people, not just you, but would people find him as funny? One, I don't think so. And why is that? Why do people find Uncle Roger funny? I think it's because of the accent. 
Okay, let's get into characters. Now, you said that Borat <laughs> was funny. Borat is an Asian character. Mm-hmm. Ka- Ka- Kazakhstan mm-hmm. is a Central Asian country. Mm-hmm. Borat is played by a non-Asian person. Mm. And he, he puts on, he has this look, yes. mannerisms, accent. Mm. But that's funny to you. I mean, he's not like laugh out loud funny. He is, he's controversial. So the movie, I'm going, I'm only thinking about the one movie he made and I didn't, haven't seen the new one, but he's controversial because he plays like a foreigner coming to the United States, exposing in a main, to the mainstream, the kind of ugly sides of the United States. So that's why it's funny because these people are being duped. That's why I think it's funny. Would it be funny with Sasha Baron Cohen's natural voice? Hmm, it would be different. Because it would be like, you know, a, an American comedian doing the same thing, like, uh, like W. Kamal Bell, you know, doing his uh, United Shades of America episode. It would be like that. It would be interesting. It would be different. I'm just saying, there. I mean, comedy is an interesting thing. Yes. Sometimes people play on stereotypes. A lot of comedians will do these, you know, stereotypical jokes. Mm-hmm. For example, I recently saw a clip on YouTube. It suggested it to me. The algorithm suggested <laughs> Joe Coy. I, I never heard of Joe See, Coy. I love when Joe I saw Coy. The clip, I love Joe Coy. I, I, I'd seen, he was on uh, a show that I watch. What's it called? Uh, Mr. Iglesias okay. on Netflix. Okay. Funny show. Anyway, so Joe Coy has this bit where he's doing different Asian accents. He does a Korean accent, Japanese accent. Filipino, uh, his mom. He didn't even do a Filipino. He did a Vietnamese accent in this clip that I saw. Oh, okay. So is, is that okay? See, so Joe Coy, he's not like basing his entire career, his entire fame on one accent character where Nigel Ng, I mean, he hit it big with Uncle Roger. I think you said it or someone said it. Like this made him viral. Um, And now he's capitalizing on it. Because Joe Coy and other comedians like Russell Peters, yeah, they do accents. Of the comedies I've seen, they do accents of the, you know, their, their, their parents or their family members, but it's not like their entire bit. So it's funny because it's interspersed into just who they are, how they speak. But because Nigel does the entire bit, and, and you know, I know I'm being maybe illogical and a little bit hypocritical, because <laughs> if it's a character, then of course he's going to be in character. But I just, I don't know, something rubs me the wrong way about him and the and this accent and I know we we talked about um a recent podcast episode he did where he said you know he internationalized this accent so he's he observing the uncles in Malaysia um you know their mannerisms he's 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 um you know he wants to pay homage an homage to them you know pay respect to them by being this character that he sees every day on the street but he inter he said it himself he he internationalized the accent he doesn't use specific malaysian phrases because 
other parts of the world will understand it. And he also said that Western, quote unquote, Western Asians have more problems with him than Eastern Asians, which are, you know, the ones that live in Malaysia and the surrounding area. So my beef with the accent is that it's not even like he he crafted it so that it would go viral. You know, like he's trying to reach a wider audience than just East Asians who live in East Asia. And that to me is like, look, he knows what he's doing. He knows that Asian Asians being funny and Asians being a foreign or other, it's funny. It's funny to people. Yeah, exoticize, it's funny. People are like, yeah, that's that's what Asians sound like. That's that's hilarious. And to me, and you know, you asked me, is this does it hit too close to home? I mean, yeah. It, you know, I mean, I was never ostracized for my accent because I didn't have one. I grew up here in the United States, but I certainly know plenty of you know friends who still have accents. Um, my parents, you know, so I can understand why Western. Asians find him more problematic than Eastern, East Asians. And I just, I guess I want people to know, to like really know what they're laughing at. Are they laughing because BBC does not know how to make fried rice correctly? Or are they laughing because it's funny to laugh at people who are different than them? I think you're right. Comedy is about observation, you know, and, and and making light of things you observe, like, and I think that's what most com- comedians do, especially those that observe other accents and then use it in their comedy, or observe how Americans respond to foreign, you know, travelers or tourists, and use that to expose the, you know, hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, how much the accent plays into the comedy. I don't know. I think it's a part of the character. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of characters um, do a similar thing. So, I mean, I can't, I can't. And another thing is, it's his, you know, it's his culture. How can I, I mean, I guess you can criticize, but I can't criticize him for, you know, homogenizing his different uncles and, and making this original style character and making making it, you know, becoming viral um, so, I mean, how would you compare Nigel and Uncle Roger, you know, making it big with this character, um, doing something I think he enjoys doing versus Jackie Chan playing a character for, you know, to make money and become famous, but not really, not really liking the roles he's taking. Hmm. Interesting question. <sighs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Jackie Chan was genuinely, genuinely himself. And maybe he didn't like doing these movies because he just didn't get the humor. You know, if you didn't grow up in the United States and this, uh, this movie was, had many sarcastic parts to it, you know, because we get sarcasm here, you know, maybe he didn't do it. I mean, he didn't understand it because he just didn't get the type of humor that we like over here. And so, you know, Jackie Chan, because I, I mean, yes, maybe he didn't really even understand that he was playing to stereotypes of himself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so do you think Jackie Chan was like exploited into doing these movies? I don't know. I, I mean, I can't say. I, I'm just saying that if, 
you know, Jackie Chan came here with a mission to, you know, infiltrate uh, Hollywood and perpetuate stereotypes. That's different than him coming to get a paycheck in order to, you know, to support his real passion back home. Um, and I think I've... So he doesn't have any responsibility for that? I think he does. But in 1993, when the opportunities were very limited, I guess I can forgive it. But if it happened now, I don't think I could. Just because I'm understanding more about how my culture has been represented in uh, Hollywood for so long. Like I didn't understand that back in 98. So back then I was like, oh, funny movie, great. But now, you know, this is why I have such a problem with Nigel, Uncle Roger particularly. And I know that it's a little illogical considering, you know, I think you make very good points about comedy. You know, comedy is very subjective. Maybe I just don't like his type of comedy. Maybe I just don't like like full-on characters. I don't know. Interesting. And I did, I did text you. I was like, oh, but I like this character named Chen Bao, Chen Biao on um, SNL, played by Bo and Yang. Bo and Yang is also a, a comedian. And why do I find that character okay? I don't know the difference. You know, Chen Biao, he doesn't have as strong as an accent as Uncle Roger. Like, Chen Biao, he's supposed to be like this Chinese diplomat. Um, when, and he's supposed to be, um, you know, involved in all these international affairs that China and U.S., you know, overlap with, but he doesn't do it in a way that's like overly accentuating his Chinese-ness or his otherness. You know, he's doing it in a way that's just funny. And so maybe I find, maybe that's why I like that character more because it's actually, you know, really well done comedy writing and delivery whereas uncle roger may be relying too much on the accent to be funny if you say so lisa yeah look (laughs) i think it's all subjective it is i mean you're 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 you have feelings and and those are those are the feelings right we're all no if you i mean i just think i just think there maybe it's maybe this character this particular character is maybe too close Mm -hmm. Maybe to your culture, mm. maybe you feel, you know, maybe, you know, people who are, who are made fun of because of the accent. And now this guy is making people laugh. I mean, if we can't laugh together. I mean, really, what can we do? If we can't laugh, mm-hmm. Lisa, mm-hmm. what can we do? Hey, look, I love laughter. Laughter is medicine. Totally agree with it. Ah, you know, I just want to tell our new listeners, if you like Uncle Roger, like no shade, I'm not, I'm not judging you, you know, you can go ahead and like it. I would like us to laugh together and not laugh at that accent is all I'm saying. But yeah, but okay, how about this? So I'm, I put on my notes here. What about this? So Tyler Perry, he makes a ton of these Medea movies. Right, Medea. Medea. I'm sorry, Medea. Medea, and he dresses up as a a woman, right? And I'll be honest, I I may have only seen one, but let's say you know I found Medea 
like hilarious because Tyler Perry is playing on stereotypes of older black women. Like, is that okay? Medea is hilarious. <laughs> Medea is a character. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Perry will say, you know, Medea is a compilation of his aunties, his, his grandma, mm-hmm. women in his life that he knew. And he, he took those different aspects and put them into one character. Mm-hmm. And he he went viral, quote unquote. He's, you know, a big success with Medea. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with Medea. Millions of people <laughs> that I know. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. It's. I think it's it's with it's like intracultural thing. If you know, if a white guy decided he wanted to be a black woman, mm, well, of course, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, but he'll say like he he made he's making these movies, these plays. For his culture. And, you know, mm. they're not for... Mm. He's not trying to play to anybody else. Mm. Um, although, his recent movies, I, I have something to say about it. <laughs> anyway. But, I mean, if you find it funny, great. Like, there are a lot of white people that love Medea. You know, I assume mm. people of other backgrounds will find it funny. I don't see a problem with that. Mm. But what if they find it yeah. funny because... It reinforces the stereotypes they have of your community. So, I mean, so with with Uncle Roger, the main thing is the accent, right? Mm -hmm. So is it the accent is a problem or is it the the stereotypes associated with the accent, the othering that you have a problem with and people laughing at being, you know, not mainstream, yeah, I think it's the second one. I mean, if if Nigel Ng did this character with no accent, would people find it as funny? And if they do, then the accent really doesn't matter. But if they don't, then it's the accent, and I have a problem that people find the accent funnier than his content. You know what I mean? Like, let's just picture him doing this in a British accent or, you know, a United States accent. Is it as funny? Oh, here's a question. Mm. Which which accents are okay to laugh at? <laughs> I don't know. For example, mm. Shrek. I just read an article yesterday that Shrek originally had a New York, Boston mm. accent because Chris Farley was supposed to play Shrek, but then he died. Mm. Rest in peace. Then Mike Myers came on and he gave Shrek a Scottish accent. Okay. And I don't think Mike Myers is Scottish. Mm. I mean, is it okay to laugh more at Shrek now because his accent is Scottish? It's funnier with the with the Scottish accent. Okay, this is just personal opinion. But if Shrek had a different accent, or if he had no accent, I think I would find him just as funny. But we'll never, we'll, we'll never, never know. know You're Lisa. right. This alternate we'll universe does not exist. <laughs> we'll never know, and I think you know it's it's just. You know, sometimes when something's close to you or you've had an experience, a bad experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you don't want that to be the butt of a joke. Yeah. And I understand that, mm-hmm. but, you know, com- it's it's subjective and some things you'll find funny, some things you won't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. Right. 
Uh, you didn't answer the question about which accents are okay to laugh at. I don't know. I think, like you said, it's subjective. I laugh at accents if they are my culture or my culture close, you know, um, and they're done not as a complete character, but just like interspersed into a comedy routine. I will laugh at that. Does that answer your question? But Borat is funny. I'm still going back to this Borat thing I, because I mean, it's literally the same thing. He He's exposing, mm-hmm. Borat is exposing the, the ridiculousness of, you know, Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncle Roger's exposing the ridiculousness of these British chefs messing up fried rice. Mm. Over and over again. <laughs> yes, lots of fried it rice. Lots of fried rice videos. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm going to admit that I, I, w- I will be hypocritical in saying that I don't like Uncle Roger's character. But Borat, to me, is... The first one I saw was fine. I haven't seen his new one. Maybe the new one I'll be like, oh, no, too much. So maybe I'll say that. <laughs> really, Lisa? What do you mean? I just said I'm being hypocritical. I know it. It's fine. I mean, you like what you like. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, and I'm trying to understand why you like Uncle Roger. See, I don't think we'll ever know. It's funny. It's too deep. It's too deep. It's funny. (laughs) To you, which is fine. You're allowed to like it. I'm just saying I don't, and I never will. So yeah. So I mean, let's talk about gatekeeping. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you do you feel like there should be limits to comedy? Should you know? Should should people have a say and and what they they find is funny, what of course people not. can use from their own culture to generate laughs. I am not going to say that there should be any gatekeeping with comedy or any other forms of media. People like what they like. I think that the having these conversations is good though. You know, to kind of maybe provoke people to think about why they think something is funny is it reinforcing stereotypes is it otherizing people or are you enjoying the comedy together you know as an appreciation of each other's cultures I think that that is what I want but no no gatekeeping I'm not going to tell people they can't like this I'm not going to cancel people because of whatever I'm just saying my own opinion yeah what do you think what do you think is there comedy that can go too far when it comes to your own community and how they're represented? I can't think of an example where I would say yes. I know there are some things that that don't appeal to me um, personally, but I mean, I'm not going to say they shouldn't do it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really can't think of an example. Well, I think you. I think you said to me recently that. Um, oh gosh, now he's now his name is escaping me. Where he he was making a lot of sketch comedy shows and oh Dave he, Chappelle yeah thank you Dave Chappelle and then you say that he was at a at a he was doing a set and the white people were laughing too hard and that's why he stopped. So Dave Chappelle, yes, Dave Chappelle walked away from a very lucrative contract on the Chappelle show because he felt like, you know, white people were laughing at him and not with him and he wasn't comfortable with that, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, that's integrity for you. Yeah. 
Um, and I commend that. But I mean, would you would you condemn someone who didn't make that choice, who did feel like they were being made the the brunt of the joke, but continued on anyway? No, no, of course not. Everyone got their own thing. You know, if Nigel, if Nigel Ng, if he wants to continue with Uncle Roger and then one day he's like, oh, now people are laughing at me and he decides to keep on going or he decides to stop, that's his prerogative. You know, if, I, if he comes to a realization <laughs> that people are laughing at him and not with him, that would be interesting to see as well. Uh, but, you know, I respect Dave Chappelle for walking away when he felt it was uncomfortable um, and yeah, I think comedy is a very fuzzy area. Like you said, it's very subjective. Yeah. Woody, did you find Dave Chappelle funny? Did you respect that he walked away when you, when you found out that was why he walked away? Yeah. I respect people for, you know, standing up for themselves. Um, I think he made the right decision. Because now he's, like, super paid. (laughs) (laughs) He has all the control and all the money. So, you know, it worked out for him. But, you know, some people walk away and and don't get another opportunity. Mm. And, you know, we we should commend that as well. Like, integrity is important. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't think I would necessarily do something that I thought was damaging to my community. Or something I wasn't comfortable with, but I don't. I, if you write me a two million dollar check, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I mean, because if like let's say Jackie Chan, right? Let's say he's never going to have an opportunity this big. I respect him for taking the money. I mean, it's not like it's not like um, producers and movie makers are knocking down the doors of Asian Americans to make them the hero or the star or a co star. You know, so well, I respect. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit because I okay. feel like. Asian representation in in movies has changed and mm-hmm. I mean personally I don't see a lot of martial arts movies out coming out mm, true lately but I see more you know quote unquote regular movies mm-hmm. with Asian leads yeah what yeah. do you think about that I, I mean I think it's I think it's great uh, I think that you know with like Joy Luck Club many decades ago and then Crazy Rich Asians, and then we have a lot of uh, South Asian actors and actresses, Mindy Mindy Kaling, uh, Hassan Minhaj. You know they're they're really successful. I I'm really proud to to be living in this time to like witness all that. Uh, but I definitely think there could be more. But I think it's really great, and they're not playing characters that make them other. I feel like they're playing characters, quote unquote, like you said, normal characters. Just they're just people living their lives. So let me ask you this: I mean, how how much normal do you want? Like, do you want Asian actors to play roles where they don't do anything necessarily Asian, like that? Do you know what I mean? Like, I somebody recently said to me that they saw this movie. And it was so refreshing because, you know, the characters were black, but it wasn't about black things. And I was like, why, why is that? <laughs> why is that refreshing to you? I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I like movies about black issues, mm. you know, speaking to the issues in my community. And I like movies with black people 
doing quote unquote normal things. So, I mean, mm. how much do you want to get away from highlighting or not highlighting, but it being a, an Asian centric plot or storyline? Mm, I think I'm like you. You know, I think having both is good is uh, representing the Asian experience in a multitude of ways because, you know, obviously just like, you know, your community, Latinx community, like we're not a monolith. So, you know, if you only have a few movies to choose from, uh, I'll list off like Crazy Rich Asians, Joy Luck Club, um, Always Be My Maybe. Um, there's some there's some other ones I haven't seen, but I know that are there, that are that are out there. The Farewell? The Farewell? I haven't seen it yet, um, but I will. You know, I think that there's just kind of like a handful that you can choose from where it represents different stories. But because I think the stories out there are so, there's so many more stories, just, you know, humanity has so many more stories to tell. I feel like until there's like, you know, a proportionate number of Asian stories out there compared to a to the white story, then maybe I'll be satisfied. You know, I don't feel like my personal experience has been portrayed on screen mm. real well. You know, oh, there's, I, a, there's a there's a there's a pilot there. There's a script. Yeah, I know. Who wants to play me? Who wants to play me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like you know I can relate to a lot of the Asian stories I see, but they're not necessarily my story. I think one of our friends said, you know, sometimes a lot of times children of first-generation immigrants, they are being portrayed as, oh, I hate my parents. I have nothing in common with my parents. They'll, they'll never understand me because I grew up in the States and they didn't. And, you know, that's a part of my relationship with my parents. But in general, majority-wise, you know, I'm really thankful that my parents, you know, sacrificed their lives in Asia to come here and to start from nothing, um, and I respect them. I respect their culture. I want to carry that culture forward. And I don't think that nuance has been captured on screen. Maybe Farewell did it. I haven't seen it yet, but maybe Farewell will do a good job. I don't think it gets too into that, but mm. yeah, I can I can see what you're saying. No, man. I mean, Farewell is the she she goes back to China, right? And she has to she's interacting with her grandmother. Right. Mm-hmm. But she was raised in America. So she's I think she and this is me not seeing the movie, of course, but maybe she gains a deeper appreciation of Chinese culture that she like didn't get living in the States. So, you know, she doesn't go over there like the loud American, just like, how come grandma, I'll tell you the truth. You know, she respects, but she's trying to understand. Yeah, she struggles with it. You know, she goes yeah, back she and struggles forth, kind of yeah. argues with her parents about it. But mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, I guess... What I was saying is it's not like they showed her in the U.S., you yeah. know, doing the, you know, second generation thing and arguing mm-hmm. and but caring for it. So the, the movie's mostly based in China is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's another movie on Netflix. I think it's called The Other Half where it portrays an Asian-American girl who is gay. And that's new because very little... Asian gay experiences on film and TV as well. So I think we're getting there. Still a long ways to go. I feel like a lot of experiences still aren't captured. And maybe you can say the same about your your experience with media. Or maybe you want to save it for a future episode. I don't know. 
Well, what it, I, I guess, yeah, you're talking about an Asian Im- immigrant experience, but I feel like a lot of um, Korean films and, and uh, TV shows are popular now. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like the Korean horror films. I'm not into the horror. <laughs> it's too much blood. Um, you know, Japanese films. So are you mm. saying you want more Asian American? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because foreign films being brought onto like Netflix, for instance, is awesome. I think it's it's good to expose us to cult, uh, to films that aren't made in the US um, who don't speak English in the movies. You know, I think that's I think that's always going to be available to us. But I would love, yeah, I would love to see a specific Asian dash American experience, which is, you know, someone who, you know, maybe has immigrant parents and is growing up, you know, coming of age in the States or maybe um, a first generation uh, child who grew grew up mostly, uh, you know, in Asia, but now has to navigate like young adulthood in, um, in, in the United States. I think those two haven't been, to me, haven't been fully explored. You know, I know there was fresh off the boat, but again, funny Asian people again, you know what I mean? Like no shade to the people who did that show. I'm sure it was very funny. I never, I never got into it, but you know, that, you know, I is think there, it was a good start. Is, is there a, is there, do you have a problem with funny Asians on screen? No, of course not. I have a problem. Yeah, what do you mean by the funny Asian? I, well, I was that's just a, it's, it's a it's a stereotype that has been used a lot. You know, we maybe we're funny Asians. We're not palatable unless we're funny. We we don't. But it's a I can't. Sitcom. I can't understand your experience unless it's made into a funny way. But it's a sitcom, right? Fresh off the boat is a sitcom. Yes. Okay, I'm just clarifying. It should be funny. Oh yes, yes, it should be funny. But I'm <laughs> saying, if they would have portrayed an Asian American experience in a non-funny mm-hmm. way, would people be like as interested in watching? Maybe not, because comedy maybe brings us together, but also we use it a lot to make things not as uncomfortable to talk about. So you want a dramatic. Um, you know, hour long <laughs> drama of an Asian. Sure. How about family. like how about like a mafia movie about Asians? I don't whatever a like mafia movie. I just, I just want the freedom to express the yes. Asian American experience as freely as we do the dominant culture here in the yes. United States. That's all I want. That's that. I mean, yes. That, if, means, that sounds reasonable. Right? I mean, you're like, what? Mafia Asian movie? That sounds crazy. Yeah, but let's do it. You know, let's get there where that doesn't sound as crazy as it is now. Right? I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, mafia is like organized crime, right? It's like I know, I, I'm, I'm just, it's criminals. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about like, I'm thinking about like, um... Sopranos or let's um, see what's another what's another popular show I can't think of because I don't watch these shows but you know what I mean like why can't we make an all Asian Sopranos right <laughs> I don't, I don't look, know I'm, write I'm it up it shop it around you never know we might hit it big look there's a lot of ma- Asian mafia movies Hong Kong okay like and they're good you know the um Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon, they made a movie 
gosh, what was it called? It was an adaptation of a Hong Kong mafia movie where they're like double crossing each other, the cops and the drug dealer. I think Jack what? Nicholson was in it. Kyle, so you have all these American Kyle. actors in Hong Kong. No, no, no. They're here in the United States. They're in, they're in Boston. They're in Boston. Oh. They remade it, but they took the idea from a Hong Kong mafia movie. So oh. they do exist. Asian mafia movies exist. They are really good, but they could be brought over here with like Asian Americans. Okay. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Di- yeah. The U.S. definitely remakes a ton of foreign films for their own <laughs> consumption. And not always as good. I mean, this one was good. The one they remade of this one was actually pretty good. I was actually entertained, but a lot of times, not as good. Hmm. All right. Make it happen. All, right. all you Hollywood people out there, <laughs> are you, get all on you aspi- it. All you aspiring playwrights or um, what's the word for people Screen who write scripts? Screenwriters. Get on it. Cons- I'll, I'll, I'll come on as a consultant. <laughs> Because you know about mafia life? <laughs> no, 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 not, not mafia life. I know um, just normal. We can dramatize things. Normal dramatize. Normal drama. Gotcha. that's our show everyone I just want to say that I believe that the Asian immigrants and Asian American experiences in the US are as varied as the number of white films that we see and we're not all we're not a monolith you know we're not all studious quiet austere you know and that's maybe the stereotype that Hollywood wants us to believe but there's more there's more to us we can be creative, strong, be leaders. And I, I just want the whole, the, whole, the whole spectrum to be represented. That's all I want. And for people to think about what they're laughing at if there is an accent involved. Is it the accent? Is it the othering? Or is it something that I personally can't understand, but you're welcome to? So. Uh, I did have a question. Okay. Keep that. But um, <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about the, the, you know, the funny versus the austere martial arts portrayal. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't want it to be, you know, always funny laughing at, but you like Jet Li who's just like super serious. I mean, in that kind of a stereotype, like the austere, serious martial arts person? No? Yes? Is that a question? Yeah, it's a question. What's the question? Is one better the than the other? The versus funny. Uh-huh. Portrayals of martial arts in movies. Uh-huh. And you prefer the Jet Li austere versus the Jackie Chan funny. Hmm. Okay, so I think this is my... So I'm glad there's two. I'm glad there's two kinds. Or, you know... At least two kinds. I'm sure there's many more. And there was two kinds produced by Hollywood. The funny, humorous guy and the austere character. And, you know, Jet Li's career in the, 
in the United States, I feel, and I could be wrong, someone can correct me, I feel like his career did not propel. He wasn't like catapulted into fame. You know, he didn't do like, you know, dozens, a dozen movies, whereas Jackie Chan did. Now, you know, maybe Jackie Chan had a better agent. You know, maybe he wasn't afraid to like go after certain roles or maybe he was targeted for these roles because he was a funny man and that's an easier sell than the austere martial artist. Um, So which one do I prefer? I guess I don't really prefer either. I'm just interested in the fact that Jackie Chan's career propelled whereas Jet Li's kind of sizzled off after a few. And like, what does that say about Hollywood? What does that say about audiences? And I think because we only have two to choose from, like that's also limiting. You know, when you only have a few to choose from, you kind of start off with the stereotypes because those are the easiest to kind of sell or get off the ground. But when you want to get into the nuances of like actual people and who they are, you know, I don't know that we're quite ready for it yet because we're still kind of stuck in this, I imagine an Asian person doing martial arts this way, you know, and I can't think of another way. So we just keep perpetuating that single way because it's too hard to sell like the other way or the real way. Make sense? Sure. All right, we can go back to wrapping it up. Should we go? Let's go into today's uh, better world nugget then. So I'll just repeat it again. My better world nugget is for all of us, including myself, to be more critical consumers of media and to not take stereotypical portrayers of people at face value. You know, Uncle Roger certainly like pressed a button in me that maybe other people don't have. And I don't want to judge people for what they like or don't like. But if we could just all have a little more introspection on what we find funny, that would be great. Just to make sure that we're all laughing together and not at anyone. Uh, How about you, Jaslyn? What's your Better World Nugget? I guess my Better World Nugget would be that I want to encourage people to... Not take the stereotypes that you see in movies and media and apply them to your real life or people you know or how you see people in real life because these are characters written for entertainment or even for purposes that we don't know as the audience. And even if you find these funny, I just encourage people not to uh, translate that to real life and, and keep you from seeing people as, you know, people with their own personalities, their own, as individuals that don't conform to stereotypes. Mm, Very good point. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Racism Podcast. Before you go, be sure to like or subscribe wherever you're listening so you can stay up to date on new episodes. And let us know if there are other roles typically portrayed by Asians that you find problematic 
What stories of Asian Americans would you like to see on screen? And I would love to know if you find Uncle Roger funny or problematic. I would love to have a deeper discussion. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Racisms Podcast. And on our blog, racismspodcast.wordpress.com. And don't forget, we have our mixtape out, music from season one. Uh, Look for the links on the blog as well as on our social media platforms. Peace, everyone. Be safe. Music for this episode was created by Jaslyn Deuce and Kyle Carson. This episode was produced and edited by Kyle Carson.